Welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris, and whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, or listening on Podbean, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. We have Facebook and we have Twitter. Twitter, it's at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All you got to do is type that bad boy in on the search engine. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All you got to do is type in pigskin frenzy. You'll find it. Follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from, from across college and NFL football. Okay. You know, that was a quick intro once again. Going through it. College football today today gonna be a little bit different now because y'all are probably used to be, you know, talking about the college football conference standing projections. <laughs> Our series is over on that. So go and if you want to, you know, hear my takes and hear my models on who's gonna play who in each conference championship and who's gonna finish, you know, where and what place in the conferences, go back and watch all the episodes. You know, I did each power five conference from the Big Ten all the way to the SEC. Go back and, you know, listen and watch on Podbean, YouTube, and Spotify, and all other platforms, you know, everywhere. So today, we're going to be talking about, you know, one conference in particular. We're going to talk about the Big Ten, going back to square one, you know, where we started with the conference standing projections, but we're not going to talk about, you know, who's going to finish or anything like that, but we're also going to, you know, we're going to talk about the conference itself. So news coming out of that conference and out of Indianapolis, of course, the Big Ten has announced their 2024 and 2025 scheduling. Now, we're going to be talking about more of 2024, which is next year, more than 2025. But we're going to mention, you know, what's their model? You know, USC and UCLA is coming into the conference. You know, 16 teams in that conference now. No divisions. That's one. That's an obvious. So if you're looking at conference realignment for each conference, no more divisions. ACC did away with the divisions this year. So ACC is just like the Big 12. They'll have no divisions. <clears throat> uh, the Big 10 will have divisions and the SEC will have divisions, but that's it. No divisions in, in, in any other conference. So we're going to look at the Big 10 because they're going to do away with the divisions just like the SEC is. We're going to look at their model and we need to talk about and break that down. How does their model going to work? Is it like the SEC's? You know, stay tuned, right? We're also going to be talking about, you know, what the model means. We're also going to be talking about, you know, how it helps protect rivalries, you know. And we're also going to be going into some of these teams' key opponents, right? We're going to talk about Michigan's key opponents, Ohio State's, as well as the newcomers, UCLA and USC's key opponents. So don't leave yet. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Leave a like on the episode. Uh, you know, leave comments down below on each episode. Follow and share around on Podbean and Spotify. You know, keep sharing around and keep listening on there. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, follow and like the pages on there. And, you know, let's just kick it off, right? This will probably take up our whole episode, pretty much, the Big Ten. And we're going to, you know, talk about, you know, the Big Ten scheduling. So here we go. The Big Ten schedule has been released for 2024. Graphics up now. Um, we're going to be talking about, you know, what goes, you know, who's playing who. And, you know, 
what's the model looking like? That's my that's my biggest question. So when I had questions reading about this, I was thinking, okay, what's the model? Is it going to be like the SECs? Because the Big Ten, keep in mind, the Big Ten has t- 16 teams now as well. So they're going to have, you know, just like with, you know, with Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, they have USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, right? So it's, you know, 16 teams just like the SEC. So what's the model looking like? What the, what's the permanent opponent situation? Who's going to play who? And what does it all mean, right? And what is the and what is you know who are the key opponents for each or some of the big teams in this conference, right? So we're going to break all that down. We're going to go over it now. So let's start with you know the basic stuff. You know the model. Let's start off with you know you know some of the permanent opponents as well. So the Big Ten schedule was released. I have my notes here. So per Scott Dotterman from the Athletic, he is an Iowa reporter. He covers Iowa for the Athletic. He gave he tweeted out his list of permanent opponents. For 2024 and 2025. So before we get into those permanent opponents, let's talk about the model first. Before I read off the tweet and the tweet per Scott Dipperman from The Athletic, let's talk about the model first. They're going to run off of a flex model, a flex protect model. What does that mean? So this is what this means. It means that teams will have different number of annual opponents. Some will have one. Some will have two. Some will have three. Others will have none. Um, it's a little different. It's a little different from the SEC. The SEC has a one to seven model because they're going to have an eight game. They have a specific number of games, an eight game conference schedule. So they're going to have one permanent opponent and seven others rotating. It's all based off of media rights deals. It's ba- for the Big Ten. It's based off their CBS deal and their NBC deal, right? For for SEC, the SEC. This is their final year. For the for the CBS deal for the SEC, so they're they're moving on to the ESPN as well as the ABC deal for the SEC, right? They're going to be on SEC on ABC and ESPN in 2024. So it's all playing off of TV deals and what happens there. So you know the models is you know you know some will have one, some will have two, some will have three, some can have none. It's different from you know. The SEC. The SEC is kind of sh- a little bit more strict with their model. Each team will get one opponent, other, and then everybody else will have other, you know, seven rotating, right? Different from the Big Ten. Some teams are going to get three. Some teams are going to get one. Some teams are going to get none. Some teams will get two. It's different, right? It is, a, it is really different from the SEC. So, Flex Protect model has been established for 2024 and 2025. Don't know more about Beyond, but we do know that is going to be, you know, implemented in 2024 and 2025. So that's the model. That's what it means. Let's go with the permanent opponents. Let's finish the tweet that Scott Dutcherman from The Athletic was saying. So he gave us a list of permanent opponents for 2024 and 2025. So here we go. He tweeted out Iowa. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Indiana and Purdue. That is, you know, that's a classic rivalry, the Indiana rivalry right there. Maryland and Rutgers. Michigan and Ohio State, you got to keep the game. That is a big one. You have to keep Michigan and Ohio State. That is what draws for the Big Ten, and that is the moneymaker for the Big Ten. Everybody is looking forward to seeing that on Thanksgiving weekend, Ohio State and Michigan. You got to keep that game, the game, right? Michigan and Michigan State, Illinois and Northwestern, Illinois and Purdue, 
Iowa and Nebraska, Iowa and Wisconsin, Iowa and Minnesota, Wisconsin and Minnesota, UCLA and USC. And here's a an interesting one. None for Penn State. The only team in the Big Ten that does not have a permanent annual opponent is Penn State. Their schedule rotates. And what I found weird about that was, wow, Penn State usually has a permanent opponent. Michigan State, um, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin can be a permanent opponent. But no, Penn State, they did not give anybody for Penn State. Penn State's just going to annually rotate. So, so there's chances that Penn State will bypass an Ohio State or bypass a Michigan or bypass a USC even each year. So that's interesting. Here's what I also found interesting. Michigan has two permanent opponents, Ohio State and Michigan State. Here's what I also found. UCLA and USC have one permanent opponent, each other. Uh, Wisconsin has two permanent opponents. Uh, They have Iowa and Minnesota, which makes sense. You know, that's a a Midwestern, two Midwestern rivalries right there that you can't get rid of. That's that's a good one right there. Maryland has one, and it's Rutgers. Indiana and Purdue, you know, Purdue has two, Illinois and Indiana. Indiana has one, which is Purdue. Illinois has two, which is Northwestern and Purdue. Iowa has three. Iowa has Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Uh, Ohio State has only one, and that's Michigan. So it's different. This is a different kind of model that I'm not sort of used to. It's like all, it's it's almost like, you know, other teams get three, other teams get one. It's like, okay, if you can't choose between one, you get three. You, if you want just one, you get one. It's almost like, you know, it's all, it's all what you're comfortable with and everybody gets, you know, their side, their, their, their slice of pizza that they want, right? They get their topping of pizza of choice, right? And that's the a weird way of putting it. I'm using food as a reference, but you got to think that's what it's like, you know? Ohio State may want pepperoni pizza. I'm going to get my pepperoni pizza, you know? You know, Iowa wants three, wants three toppings. They want pepperoni, ham, and bacon, <clears throat> and they get... <clears throat> Sorry, my vo- my my voice was going out. They get their pepperoni, bacon, and ham, right? So that's just the flex model, and that's just how it works. So let's just move on, right? Let's just move on. I know you're thinking, Shell, that's a weird reference to use for that, but it's the truth. You each get what you want, right? If Iowa wants three permanent opponents, they're going to get three. They chose, once again, they chose Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, Bacon, ham, and pepperoni, they're going to get their bacon, ham, and pepperoni. Ohio State just wants classic pepperoni, they're going to get their pepperoni with Michigan, right? That's just how you use it. That's just, that's, that's a, it's a, the weird analogy, but a good way of putting it. Everybody gets what they want, and everybody, you know, there's no debate or, you know, kind of argument behind it, right? So, it's weird from the SEC, and it's different from the SEC, because the SEC is stricter. You get one permanent opponent, and then you have seven others rotating. So, say LSU, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice. Sorry, guys. You're probably listening and watching on the show right now thinking this guy is going crazy with his voice right now. Sorry, I talk a lot and, you know, sometimes my voice just clears up, you know, and I have to clear it. So, I'm trying to do it off mic. Anyway, get back on topic. So, SEC, when you're looking at the SEC, 
it's a lot more stricter. Say LSU chooses Florida, right? Seven other rotating, they may bypass Alabama. They may bypass Texas, Texas A&M, right? You choose A&M if you're LSU. You bypass Florida every year. That won't be played every year. Seven others rotating, one permanent opponent. So, so, it's different. It's different. Eight-game schedule compared to a flex-protect model where others will, you know, get three permanent opponents. Others will, you know, get two or one. And in Penn State's case, you get none. Penn State's going to rotate their whole schedule out. So, that means, you know, annual opponents, you know, they have different annual opponents, and some will have one, two, some will have three, some could have none. Sorry. That's it. That's just the basics. So, let's move on. The Athletics' Nicole Auerbach, and Auerbach is, you know, a great, she's a great reporter. Go read her stuff. She is, you know, amazing for The Athletic. If you have a subscription to The Athletic, I would highly suggest checking out her stuff. She's really, really good at what she does. Uh, she, she reported, in, and this is in quotes, this is her quote, not only it helps protect rivalries, but it also helps with competitive balance, rotations when it comes to home and away, and the challenges of travel when playing USC and UCLA, right? Because you, I don't know if you haven't noticed, Big Ten is primarily Midwest and up in the, in the you know, up in the eastern, you know, northern, northeastern part of, you know, you know, of the country, right? <clears throat> now you're going out west. You're going into Pac-12 territory and grabbing two teams who are leaving the conference to go play for, you know, you know, go play for the Big Ten, you know? It's no more Pacific Athletic Conference for the U- U- USC and UCLA. They're going to the Big Ten, and now California is is a part of Big Ten country, right? So it's 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 weird, you know. It's weird seeing an Iowa, who in December time is used to freezing cold temperatures, going out to play UCLA, and it's weird in you know going on, you know, going in towards November when it's cold up in Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois, with Northwestern USC in sunny Los Angeles, go and play in the freezing cold when it's snowing. It's different. Travel is going to be a is going to be a key thing with this, and that. And, and, and that is my, my, my take on this. Travel is going to be a key thing. Going out west and going out to somewhere like, you know, Ohio or Michigan when it's freezing cold. And it, it could be snowing, you know. It depends on when you play them, right? So it, it's going to be a very, very interesting thing, right? So I think the balance, it helps with the competitive balance. Uh, you know, it, it could help with the challenges of travel, when playing USC and UCLA, but, you know, you got to look out for that because of weather-related purposes, and, you know, it helps with home and away, so it, 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 it all, you know, works, and it all blends well, but you got to, you know, my only thing is, like I said, traveling out west to go play UCLA and USC, and USC and UCLA going out to these, you know, these schools who, Quite honestly, like I said, it could be freezing temperatures and cold because they're not used to that, right? They are not used to that at all. They are used to, uh, they are used to sunny, you know, wearing shorts and flip flops, right? But I mean, hey, Oregon gets cold, Washington gets cold. It could be they're going to go play them on the road this year. So USC is so. It looks like they're going to, you know, you know, hopefully they can get used to that by November. So. Here we go. You know, what does this mean for some key opponents? What does this mean for key conference teams, right? So let's look at some of these, you know, 
team's key opponents, right? Some of these, you know, some of these teams, right? We're going to go with Michigan at first, right? Let's look at their key opponents who they have. They have versus Michigan State at USC versus UCLA versus Wisconsin at Ohio State. You're thinking, why are you naming off key opponents? I'm going to get to that at the end, okay? I'm going to get to that at the end. That's Michigan's key opponents for 2024. Ohio State's 2024 key opponents at Penn State, at UCLA, at Michigan State versus Michigan. That's three on the road, which is going to be a little tough, versus Michigan at home. They bypass UCLA. They, they bypass USC, but play UCLA. Michigan has to play both UCLA and USC. Let's go to Michigan State. At Michigan, at Nebraska, at Penn State versus Ohio State. They bypass, they bypass UCLA, USC and UCLA. Nebraska at Iowa versus Michigan State versus Wisconsin at Penn State at UCLA. These are Nebraska's opponents. They bypass Ohio State and Michigan, Nebraska does, and bypass USC. But they have to play Wisconsin. They have to play at Penn State and at UCLA. Penn State versus Michigan State versus Nebraska versus Ohio State versus USC at Wisconsin. All those key games are at home, but they have to play Wisconsin on the road. They bypass UCLA, and they bypass Michigan. That's a big one for Penn State there. They have no annual opponents, right? So Wisconsin, key games here at Iowa versus Minnesota, at Michigan, at Nebraska versus Penn State, at USC. That's a tough schedule. Here's the thing. They bypass Ohio State. And they bypass UCLA, but they have to play at USC in the Coliseum in Los Angeles. They have to play Penn State at home, play at Nebraska, at Michigan, and key game at Iowa. Two more, UCLA, right? New Newcomer at Iowa, at Michigan versus Nebraska versus Ohio State versus USC. They keep that rivalry going with USC. They got to play Ohio State at home. They got to go to Michigan. They got to go to Ann Arbor and play Michigan then they got to play Nebraska at home and then at Iowa. That's going to be that's that's a that's a different schedule right there. That is a different schedule. They bypass Penn State, they bypass Michigan State. They bypass Wisconsin also. USC last but not least versus Iowa, versus Michigan at Penn State, at Purdue. I put at Purdue, at Northwestern versus Wisconsin and at UCLA. They keep it with USC, UCLA. Uh, they go to the Rose Bowl against that one. They play Wisconsin at home. They uh, play at Penn State in Happy Valley. They play Michigan at home, which is good. And then they play Iowa at home. So here's the thing. With USC, they bypass Ohio State. They bypass Michigan State. They bypass Nebraska. Uh, but they got they got some key games here. You got to play Michigan in LA. Then you got to turn around and go to Happy Valley when it could be cold, depending on the time. You go from, the, the you got to train, fly on a jet or fly on a plane to go all the way from west to east coast, you know, to play, you know, in the Big Ten. So the traveling is going to be a key part of this because those are the only two teams in the Big Ten in, up in California. Out west, those are the only two Big Ten teams out west. So it's a gap. It's a travel gap. Traveling is going to be a big part in this. So I mentioned the key opponents. You're wondering, why did you mention the key opponents? 
scheduling is a little bit better. And that's why I mentioned it. Scheduling is a little bit better. While made some, some teams bypass each other, and they do. They bypass each other. But look at this. USC is not playing teams like, you know, I don't know. They got, they got some teams this year in, in the Pac-12 in their last season in the Pac-12 that are good. Washington, Oregon, Utah. They got some teams that they, they, they got to watch out for, okay? But here's the thing. They usually have on their schedule Furman, San Jose State, uh, you, you know, uh, Georgia State, or, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, uh, D3, D2 schools. USC's got to play in their conference Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. Those are some key games, right? UCLA's got to play Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio State, USC. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Penn State. Let's go back to let's go back up to Penn State. They got Nebraska, Ohio State, USC, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan. Let's go back up to Michigan. They got to play USC, UCLA, Wisconsin, and Ohio State on top of Michigan State. My point is this: scheduling is a lot better in the Big Ten. If if you want to make sure, if if if, if you want to make if that makes sense, I guess to everybody listening and watching at home or driving wherever y'all are, but. It makes sense, right? It makes more sense because it's more competitive. It's more competitive for everyone, right? While you bypass teams, it's still a competitive thing. We have had trouble with scheduling bright and good college football games. And and this is just not really me calling out the scheduling, but it's kind of me calling out the scheduling. (laughs) I think that we've had an issue with scheduling marquee matchups, right? Uh, We've had an issue with scheduling big-time top five college football games. USC could be number four, and Ohio State could be number two, and they could play each other in the same conference. I think scheduling is a lot better, and it's going to be a lot more tougher and a lot more competitive for these teams. So this is why I like this is why a part of the reason why I like the scheduling model, I like the scheduling in general, and I like the move from USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten because I think the games are going to be a lot more competitive. Recruiting is going to be a lot more competitive, and I think that the games are going to be a lot more competitive. You know, everyone wants to see USC play Ohio State. They don't want to see Ohio State play, you know, Nickel State or Youngstown State or USC play Furman. They want to see USC and Ohio State go head-to-head in primetime action college football on CBS uh, Saturday night, you know, under the lights in Los Angeles or in Columbus or wherever, you know, they want to see that, you know, college football fans and spectators like me, I want to see that. I want to see bright lights, top five college football matchups between five stars lining up against five stars. Scheduling is big. Scheduling is big. And it's big in college football, and that's a big issue that we need to fix in college football. In week one of coming up this year, there's a lot of games that are interesting. South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida State, LSU, Utah, Florida, uh, TCU, Colorado, Clemson, Duke on Monday night. But here's the thing. Those are some games that are big. Some games are kind of like, nah, you know, but it gets bigger as the season goes on, right? That's the guess the best part about college football. It gets bigger as the season goes on. However, when you look at stuff like this happening, you know, there's some cons to realignment, but here's some pros. 
some pros to realignment is the scheduling. You, we need to fix more. You know, we need to get more competitive games in our repertoire. It only helps us go into the playoff, and it only helps teams, you know, try to contend for a championship. When you look on their resume, who did you beat? Michigan, who's a, uh, literally this season is a top two, a top two team, not just top four or top five, top two team, number two in the nation. Project early season projections have them at number two. Uh, who did Ohio State beat? Michigan. We beat USC, who was a top five team. Who did y'all? Who else did y'all beat? Wisconsin, who was a top ten team. Some of these games matter, right? So I like the scheduling, right? I do. I like the scheduling format. I like the flex protect schedule. Could it? Could it get out of hand? Maybe, because you need. You know, some teams may want to have annual opponents. Some teams may not. Who knows? But I think this is a good start. I think this is a good start to having more competitive balance and having more competitive games. The only con I have with this, and I've mentioned it before and earlier, is the travel to the West Coast, to the East Coast, and the travel going out and, you know, going out to UCLA and USC and UCLA and USC going out to these teams. I can, I, it's the weather and it's, you know, playing in colder environments and playing in more different environments. So that's the only con I have with it. However, it's a good move when it comes to competitiveness, and it's a good move when it comes to adding more tougher games to your schedule and repertoire. So that just about does it for Pigskin Frenzy. Uh, again, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Tuesday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some college football coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, leave a like on the episode, and leave a comment down below. Spotify, if you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there as well. Podbean, same thing. If you're listening on there, share around with others and follow on there also. We have Twitter and we have Facebook. Twitter is at pigskin underscore frenzy, all lowercase. All I got to do, type that in, follow and like the page there. You'll get episode updates as well as news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Facebook, same thing. All I got to do is type in pigskin frenzy, follow and like the page. You'll get episode updates. You'll get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. Again, big thank you again for just listening and watching Pigskin Frenzy and listening to some college ball coverage presented by me. Now, Thursday, we're going to be talking about, you know, everything going on around the league. We're going to be talking about mini camp and some news going around, going on around there. So, uh, again, till Thursday, I'm Joel Norris signing off. And for everybody out there, stay the course.